Hello, Marvel fans, and welcome to this week's episode of Stand Up and Marvel, your destination for all things MCU. I'm your host, Colin, and returning is Mike. Missed last week, but he's back. Colin, right. you did it. <laughs> yeah, it's set through Morbius. <laughs> um, if you have not listened to our Morbius episode, please, for the sake of all Marvel fans, I'm not even kidding when I say that. Please listen to the episode. It's very long. You don't have to listen to the whole thing, at least the non-spoiler segment. It's like 10 minutes. I promise you it'll be worth it. Please just give it a listen. <laughs> I apologize for the corny April Fool's jokes, but please at least okay. listen to that for the sake of all Marvel fans. Let's give it well, up for Colin. He did it. And Tim. And Tim. And Tim. Yes, me. of course. And Tim. You <laughs> enjoyed it a little it. bit more than Colin, but yes, he, yes. Uh, you, you both made it through. You saw Morbius. And wow, it was a extremely enjoyable episode. I was laughing my butt off. And thank you for that. Thank you for doing that for us all. Glad to hear you liked it so much. But again, everybody listen to this, please at least listen to the non-spoiler segment. You will thank me later. Um, <laughs> anyway, today is April 6, 2022. And today's episode, we are talking about the second episode of Moon Knight. So much better, more enjoyable content than our last episode. So, uh, so it's going to be a lot more fun. Um, uh, Mike, do you have any announcements today? The only I announcement ask is... you ahead of time, but I completely forgot. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, we talked about how it was released that uh, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness is going to be a runtime of two hours and six minutes. Uh, it brings some questions up. Um, you know. Typically, that wouldn't be that big of a deal, right? Uh, but uh, considering this, going on in this movie, how are they going to fit it all in? Considering the scope of the film, the amount of potential cameos we may have, how are they going to do it? How are they going to fit it in that time frame? And that was really the hot topic, I think, so far of the past few days. Um, if not week, I don't know. All my days are running together right now. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Rami, you know, people brought up really great comparisons that the Spider-Man 2 film was around the same runtime. Run uh, so, you know, it a, a great film can still be done in two hours. I think we're a little bit used to uh, longer films in recent years, especially when it comes to superhero films like uh, Endgame and Batman most recently, you know, three hours, right? For me, it doesn't feel like three hours, but for others, it does. You know, three hours is a long time. It's a long time to not go to the bathroom. It's a long time to, you know, um, we'll see what happens. And, a lot um, easier to get the pacing right and just the feel of the movie and just, you know, perfect it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hard to yeah. do that with two hours, especially with a movie like Doctor Strange that has literally infinite potential about the amount of stuff that could go in the movie. And uh, with uh, such a short runtime, that makes me... Uh, a little sad because I feel like it's even less likely that we're going to get the uh, Ash <laughs> cameo that I was hoping for. But you never know; they might fit it in, they might squeeze it in. But it, yeah, it's it not concerned when we talked before we recorded, and you know, uh, I still have hope. But uh, the way I look at it, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, I, I just it can happen. But I, for me, when I see that short runtime—not short, but shorter than what we usually have, considering the scope and everything. There has to be a little bit that they're pulling back on from all the theories and everything that we've been talking about because people have been really bringing up a lot of stuff and yeah. to have everything that everybody's been talking about shoved into that movie i just don't think everyone's going to be happy unfortunately uh so i'm trying to set my expectations because 
Colin and I just bought our tickets uh, this morning uh, and we will be seeing it together, which is going to be awesome. Uh, we're going to try to do that more often throughout the year and get together for, uh, you know, uh, some of the biggest Marvel films. They're all big for us, but, you know, uh, the ones that we feel is best to see together. Uh, and we will be recording that uh, the day after. So stay tuned. Um, but we're really looking forward to that. We uh, nabbed some pretty sweet seats and we're going to be seeing it on Friday night. So we're going to have to hold our phones away and not look at the internet and not look at any spoilers Thursday night because there will be stuff all over the internet oh, yeah. on Thursday yeah, night. Sure. So disconnect from the internet. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, our, our upload might be a little bit late that day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just because uh, the software that I use to do the editing is uh, going to be, you know, several hours away. Um, so might not be up until Tuesday. But we'll see. Do it yeah. Again. Yeah, everyone's still going to be seeing the movie throughout the weekend. The discussion will pour well over into the week, probably the week two after that. It's going to be a lot of talk about in this movie, regardless of it being only two hours, right? So um, I'm looking one, forward to it. One important thing to consider, I think the runtime, I don't know for sure, but I think the runtime generally doesn't include the end credits. It right? does. It includes it the does? full, I'm pretty sure it includes the full, like, including credits. Like, I'm almost positive runtime is the entire film. Like the entire like strip you know what i'm saying i could be yeah, wrong but that I, that's my yeah yeah i'd have to check i feel like that's not the case just because mm -hmm. nowadays especially with marvel films the end credits are so long um but i don't know if i if i'm right that it doesn't include the end credits that does give me a little bit of hope because you know they love throwing stuff in the end credits especially uh first time appearances of characters and they could do that with so many different characters if they wanted to so, you know, all the characters that we're hoping to see, even though uh, not all of them may make it into the main part of the movie, um, they could still be in the end credits. So, I mean, they've done uh, movies that have you know, multiple post-credits uh, scenes or post-credit, mid-credit um, scenes, like uh, Guardians Volume 2 was the biggest. They had either five or six, I can't remember, but there were quite a few. Um, so they could definitely do that with Doctor Strange as well um so yeah so I, i'm optimistic we're still going to get everybody we want or at least most of them <laughs> but we'll see sure. did you look it up I, I did do it really quick i was paying attention the imbnd or imdb running time section records the duration in minutes of titles in the database for the theatrical releases the timing begins from the first distributor logo and ends at the last frame of the end credits if there is any mid or post credit scenes these should be included in the running time. And then someone asked questions on Reddit and I scrolled down more. And yes, a movie's runtime includes both the end credits and usually two or three previews that are shipped with the movie itself. I didn't even know that part, that's crazy. Um, ideally, when a, does a runtime include end credits? Marvel Studios, Reddit. Ideally, when a movie releases their runtime, they do include their credits as well. So okay. they're saying from the start of the logo, so it'd be- uh, include the end credits. Yeah, so the Marvel Studios, when the Marvel Studios logo begins, sure. that's when the runtime starts, and then sure. it ends uh, after the credits. So, yeah. all right. Well, that makes me a little sad, but <laughs> it's still going to be. Good. We'll see. I still, I still have faith. Yeah, yeah. He's no, for sure. a great job. I'm still very optimistic about it. So, of course, of course, we'll of course. see. We're just a little. We, it makes everybody a little, a little concerned. But <laughs> that's it. That's it. You know. 
All right. Anyway, so uh, apart from that, no other announcements today. Uh, we're going to skip our non-spoiler segment. There's really no point. If you want to know our general opinions on the show, uh, just go listen to our first episode uh, about Boonet episode one. Um, our opinions haven't changed. We still love it. Still recommend it. It's amazing. Go watch it if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, so with that, we're just going to get into it. Okay, so... Uh, very early on in the episode, um, skip it. It's it's not right away. It's like the second scene. Uh, so we see Stephen go back to the museum after the previous night where he had the fight with the jackal, and he talks to the security guard. I uh, can't remember the guy's name, but um, talks to him, and then uh, they review the tape together, and it's just Stephen <laughs> running around, bumping into stuff, and <laughs> there's no jackal. Uh, no Egyptian jackal showing up on uh, the videotape. So, um, yeah, so apparently most people can't see them. Um, Mark is an exception. I imagine that's something unique to avatars of Egyptian gods. Um, well, at first, I feel like they kind of messed with the audience a little bit and they made us question, is this in his head? You know, that kind of that thought like went through my mind a little bit in the beginning. I'm like, okay, is he just seeing this? But later in the episode they do reveal that it is just invisible so, like actually invisible right uh oh yeah that thought didn't cross my mind either <laughs> that's just me maybe maybe someone else maybe one of our listeners thought the same thing too you know i'm uh, sure i'm sure some people especially with uh you know the the joker movie that came out because like i'm yeah. still like yeah. <laughs> not entirely exactly. sure how i feel about that movie was it yeah. was it real or was it all in his head arthur curry um okay. But yeah, great movie if you haven't seen it, by the way. I know oh, this yeah. is a Marvel podcast, but every once in a oh, while, no, no, no. Every yeah, once yeah. while DC has an actual good movie, and that, that was yeah. one of them. Yeah. It's also yeah. completely separate from the rest of the DC movies. So. I had something in common with Batman, in my opinion, too, but yeah, that's just me. <laughs> oh. I feel like all the things that are separate, aside from Peacemaker, yeah. uh, do I very well. It's not part of the main Justice League yeah. <laughs> universe yeah. succeeds and everything else just a flop. Uh, sad. Anyway, that's why this is a Marvel podcast and not a DC podcast. I'm sorry, DC fans. I oh. love Batman, by the way. One of my favorite movies of the year so far. So I will, I will say that I, I, I do enjoy DC and Peacemaker. Unbelievable. Honestly, Peacemaker was great. I, yeah. I, I recommend that to anybody, if, even if you don't like superhero stuff. It's so funny. It's mm-hmm. so entertaining. It's and like, that's like not? one of the few shows I usually skip the intro after I've seen it once, but that's one of the few shows that I will watch the intro every single time. because it's just so funny. So clever. So uh, well done in the choreography and everything. Anyways. <laughs> there, let's get off of DC. The one more yeah, DC thing right. before, before we get completely <laughs> off of it. There was a DC reference. I don't know if it was intentional, um, but the two like uh, police officers that introduced themselves introduced themselves as DC Fitzgerald and DC Kennedy, which I looked it up. That is an actual uh, title in England. It's um, Detective Constable, I think. Okay. Yeah, it makes so sense. I just wonder if that was deliberate because there are plenty of different uh, rankings. They could have gone with any of the other ones, but they chose DC <laughs> for the two of them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought that was funny and a possible nod to DC because they do like to do that. They like yeah, to throw I mean, the that, jabs. That, that's pretty indirect because in, in Eternals, they were direct. Oh, yeah. They brought up Batman. They're, they're a lot more broad usually. Oh. Yeah, I was really shocked by Eternals. And they, they at least did it like two or three times in that movie. Right. Like, whoa, okay. All right. We're firing shots now. All right. 
anyway, it's yeah. all for good fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we find out the jackal is invisible. Mark can mm-hmm. see him. Um, you know, we presume that um, uh, what's his name, Arthur, right? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Ethan Hawk, the yeah. villain. Yeah, That's Arthur. Yeah. Uh, so we presume that Arthur can see him. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's it's never really truly confirmed, but you know it's very very likely that he sees them since he summons them. Right. Yeah. And we find out that he's an avatar, not of the same Egyptian god, but of an Egyptian god, um, Amit. So you know, most likely he can see them. So basically, avatars of at least those two Egyptian gods are able to see jackals and other Egyptian um, beings. <laughs> Um, supernatural beings uh, so yeah so we don't we don't know the full extent of it right now but you know average everyday people cannot actually see them um, and uh, they don't actually show um, Mark with his suit on in the tape so I don't really know if his suit is visible to normal people I think it is because um, there was that scene at the end with the, the fight between uh, Stephen and the Jackal and Layla is there and she knows about the suit, but maybe she just knows about it from talking to Mark about it. Maybe she's never actually seen it. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, so I took it that he was in the bathroom and he was fighting. And then by the time he got out of the bathroom, the suit went away. So when he was on the camera, it was like facing the hall kind of towards right. where the bathroom was. So when he walked up, he knew where the camera was. He was just, it was his normal self again. It but, was Mark. Right. But towards the end, did uh, did Layla like comment on the suit? Because, you know, she mentions that, you know, he should summon the suit, like implying that she knows about the suit's existence, yeah. but that doesn't yeah, necessarily she... mean she can see it. Oh, yeah. Maybe I mean, she I guess... knows about it from yeah. Mark telling her about it, you know? So yeah, I, I didn't, I don't, yeah. I don't quite know. I don't know either. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, I didn't take it that way. I took it that she can. I, like I said, when he saw it in the, in the video, um, the security footage, I just, I took it as he already took, he removed his suit and he was just walking through the rest of the museum normal because everyone. That seemed sure. That would make sense. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember from the end because there were a lot of spectators yeah, yeah. too. And they were commenting were. on what was going on and they were just like calling him a crazy person. Like he was like, drunk or whatever but um one point one i don't think they actually mentioned his suit they did they did mention something about the mr knight suit so if they can see the mr knight suit i'd imagine they can see the moon knight suit what what did they mention they were they were mentioning something about they're like he like is this a crazy person or is this didn't they say something like acknowledge like they saw like him but not necessarily the suit and yeah, uh, Mark, true. Mark did acknowledge the look of his suit, but you know that's that's him. He, you know, obviously he can see the suit. I yeah, that's a good point. I didn't. No, no, no. That's a really <laughs> good point. I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. Well, anyway, I'll have to I'll have to go back and look at that and try to figure it out. So, you know, normal people can't see the jackals or the other supernatural Egyptian beings. Not really sure if they can see the suit or not. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised either way, mm-hmm. but unclear right now um there might have been a moment or two in the episode that made it clear but i didn't catch it if there was one um anyway uh shortly after that uh the scene at the museum um 
Steven is let go and there's a symbolic moment when he puts his name tag on the table. So that's to me, like when I saw it for the first time, I was like, all right, you know, Steven is losing his identity. Now it's going to get real. Like all these other identities are going to start coming out and it's just, it's going to start to get crazy. So um, that's what I took from that moment. I don't know if that's actually what was intended, but I don't uh, yeah, that, that could be yeah, a foreshadow of what's to come and also a statement, like you said, uh, he's moving on from his identity is he's losing his identity. Uh, and that that was a, really, I think, the tone of the whole episode in itself. We really it really brought Mark and Steve to a head, you know. Um, so, I yeah, I, I didn't catch that. But I, I now that you said it, yeah, that could be some sort of, uh, you know, uh something the director chose to do yeah to just yeah. kind of you know I, I, yeah for sure yeah foreshadowing maybe mm -hmm. um but yeah more to think about it, i think yeah that probably is what was happening because it, it lines up a lot with uh what was going on in the rest of the episode because yeah. it's because uh you know the steven that we knew in episode one uh you know he was ignorant of all this stuff that was going on um you know he, he tied himself to the bed he was aware that he had uh you know, multiple personality disorder um and uh you know he was, he was aware that there was something going on but he was ignorant of the details so he was still able to you know mostly live his life normally um but as soon as he handed that name tag over that's like symbolic to me that you know he's no longer going to be able to live that normal life he's going to be more involved in all this crazy stuff that's going on so um but yeah, so after that, he talks to the statue guy again. I love that statue guy. <laughs> you read, uh, that is supposed to be um, the cab driver from the comics. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a little Easter egg. Yeah, so, uh, so Jake, Jacob. Jake, not Jack. Jack. Or Jack. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> so many times, I yeah, it's, it's driving me crazy. Um, but you're, yeah, look it up, please. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so that, that's who he is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a, um, like a acknowledgement to that from the comics, because again, you know, from the episode, it's very clear that we're not getting the playboy. <laughs> uh, he's married. <laughs> uh, so it, there, there's, I, I like that decision, by the way. I think that it presents a more emotional weight, like we discussed in the first episode. So um, it differentiates him more from Tony Stark. Exactly. <laughs> very similar otherwise. hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with that. So and, Jake, um, Jake Lockley. There it is. Yeah, Jake Lockley. So that is supposed to be a, uh, you know, a nod to him. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's Steve's best friend. And poor Steve, honestly, I, I was rooting for Steve this whole episode. And uh, I think they did a, you up? Steven, you got to get his name right. Steven, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm saying Steve for short because I feel like he's like one of my friends. Like, uh, they're just doing such a good job with uh, having the audience feel for him. Uh, and I think it's really in Oscar's performance as well. And um, he's just, he's just a very kind soul. And he's just in the middle of this crazy, crazy craziness of uh, Khonshu and Mark. And uh, you really feel for him. And they're doing a great job. Um, drawing us into that for the conclusion to happen in the episode where you're just you're rooting for him you're like yeah like 
most of the first episode, I'm not going to lie. Most of the first episode and this episode too, I was like, okay, they keep teasing Mark, but like, I want Mark. Like, I, I want to spend time with Mark. I'm ready to hang out with Mark. Like I'm enjoying Steven, but I want to enjoy Mark as well. Um, but then when you get to the end of the episode, it's like, you're just, you just, you're good with Steven. Like you're just rooting him on. You're like, yeah, like do it, Steven. And the whole reveal of Mr. Knight and everything, uh, not to go further down the episode, but I, I, I love that whole reveal. Um, I just think it was a really good moment. And um, I, I, yeah, I love what they're doing with between Mark and uh, Steve, Steven. And um, it, it makes a lot of sense too, for it being formatted for a television show and being a lot, uh, it, just for us to like kind of comprehend it, how it, cause there's a lot, it's really complex and it could be even more complex. And I think they're doing a good job um, really uh, bringing it down to an understanding so you can follow it and it's digestible and all that. Um, so I, I think they, they did a really good job again in this episode doing that. So. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, um, going back to the uh, Jake Lockley reference, yeah. since uh, the statue guy was supposed to be a reference to him, I guess that means that we're not going to be getting the actual Jake Lockley this uh, season, maybe in future season. Um, but yeah, it seems like we're not getting him. And that was the only other uh, actual, like, uh, non-superhero identity right that we know about so um unless they make up someone else uh, we're probably not going to get any actual like human identities for him i still think i stand by my theory from the moon night episode we did before the show started i think that they are going to probably make one up and there's going to be and it's going to be like at the end of the season like it's going to be a reveal later down the road. I really think that the ultimate arc of this first season, at least in this beginning story is really between Mark and Steven, in my opinion. I, I think that it just makes sense to kind of tell that story for the moment and um, bring them together and have them work together. Uh, and then that presents itself, the opportunity to have a third come in. And then that really tosses everything up for Mark and Steve. You know, you got to bring them together. It's, they're already clashing. So it's like, why bring in the third element at the moment to just make things even crazier? Wait until they're working together. They're good. And then bring another dynamic that makes everything turn upside so, down. So that just makes more sense to me, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I will uh, counter that and say that I don't think they're going <laughs> to bring in another one. Yeah. It might just be Mark and Steve in the whole, the whole season and not, not a third. So, yeah. Well, we'll see you right. Um, um, yeah, anyway, whatever. so. After that, uh, Stephen decides that he's going to go investigate because uh, he's trying to convince himself still at this point that he's not crazy. So he uh, decides that he's going to go find the storage locker because um, he found that key in the wall next to the cell phone. Um, and uh, that was a little sad for for me. <laughs> when, uh, they uh, were I was like, oh, it's just a, a storage unit. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I had uh, theorized that the uh, the symbol on the storage unit tag might have been a reference to a Marvel uh, superhero team, but it was just a reference to the storage unit, so it's a little sad about that. Um, um, I mean, it could still be. Um, I haven't, you know, dug deep enough to rule it out for sure. Um, but I did look up the uh, central London storage that was referenced and, you know, that was not, it doesn't seem to actually exist. So it's something they made up. So, I mean, it could still be, you know, superhero team. It'll come, come about later. Um, but anyway, so then he goes there and 
that <laughs> the way that they had that storage unit set up was so weird with the lights that are uh, motion activated. I'm going to just say it from the beginning. That was probably my least favorite part of the whole episode. Uh, I, when they're walking I, down, uh, like, with him and the guy that's managing the storage unit? I just didn't like, like, I liked when he was in his own, like, storage unit talking to himself. And, you know, he's like, go lay on the cot. And, uh, like, I liked that. I, I like I love any every scene where Oscar is, uh, you know, talking to Oscar and they're going back mm -hmm. and forth between the two. Um, but I, I just didn't like the set design of the storage unit and just how it looked and I also didn't like like the flashing light part when Khonshu like appeared and then they did this like really I can't it's a pet peeve like for you know you have you don't really like certain things uh like chases or whatever I can't stand when people do freeze frames I I just think it's like the cheesiest thing ever and it just always like I just I'm like oh gosh like that why you don't like that pool? <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes it works, but this, for me, this did not work this time. It just threw me off, and I was like, that wasn't a good move. I, I didn't like that, but that's a personal preference. That I, I wouldn't, like, knock off, uh, a, a, like, a, I wouldn't knock it down, like, a point for a view because of that reason. This is a personal preference. I just, I enjoyed the episode, but I think whoever directed it and, like, chose ways to film it there were just interesting ways of how they filmed it and I didn't really care for it it seemed like it was kind of like a little amateur in some moments and, and not a good way um but that's me I, I I enjoyed the writing I enjoyed the content of the episode I just didn't enjoy as much as how I didn't enjoy as much of how it was filmed compared to the first one so that's just me. fair I mean overall I didn't like this episode as much as the first one yeah I mean, a big part of that was uh the uh fight scene followed by the chase scene where he just like kept uh blacking out and coming back to himself mm -hmm. and all these like ridiculous things kept happening like that was just such a cool scene and such a yeah. great introduction to the character mm -hmm. and there was nothing quite as ridiculous as that in this episode yeah. i mean i still really liked this episode yeah but it just wasn't quite as uh enjoyable as the first one to me yeah it wasn't as exciting for sure yeah. it was but it but it also did propel the story forward yeah so that was really sure. the purpose of the of the episode we we definitely have a bigger understanding of what's going on and what's going to happen than we did from the first episode so they kind of you know they kind of like went back and forth uh i do think the action i enjoyed the last half of the of the episode way more than i enjoyed the first half of the episode um so i think the action was well done and i enjoyed the whole sequence of the invisible uh hound fighting him I thought that was really cool yeah I um, do. There were a lot of funny parts there too yeah yeah was well, Steven's funny like I, yeah. I just really I really enjoy Steven and uh there's just this I don't know what it is about him um I love how he's a vegan too <laughs> and when he this is random but like when uh, Ethan Hawke's like oh I made this lentil soup it's really good and then he's like all right and then he ate it and he's like oh oh this soup it's quite lovely <laughs> He was like really enjoying it. He was like trying to focus on what Ethan Hawke was saying, but he's just like, oh, this is so good. Um, he's just, he's just like, he's just a soft guy and he's yeah. just, he's just really, he's just good. And um, I, I really can't wait to see how it really plays out between him and Mark and I'm, the complexity of that, right? Like when have we ever been in a, in a, in a setting where we're, the hero is, you know, of course they have internal struggle and they have conflict, but to have two versions of the same character going back and forth, it's wild. 
It really is. It's wild. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot for what it is. And it's just unlike anything we've really seen before. Uh, and, I, and I'm loving Oscar Isaac a lot. So oh, unlike anything solid. we've seen in the MCU. Mm-hmm. In the MCU, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. We're, this is a Marvel podcast, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. In, in the MCU. Um, so I'm really excited to see where they take it on these last uh, four episodes. Yeah, me too. Um, all right. So you were talking about the uh, the hallway scene with him walking yeah. down with the lights going on, motion activated lights. Um, I, showing up. Yeah. Uh, before they even get into the uh, storage unit, I took that as a symbolism of uh, Stephen walking into the light, like no longer being in the dark, walking into the light because the light kept turning on every time, like as he was moving forward. So okay. um, even though you didn't like how it was filmed, I don't necessarily disagree, but I, I felt okay. like that was uh, another attempt at uh, symbolism foreshadowing. That's um, good. That makes me like it a little bit more. I see that. I see that now that you said that. And then when they got to the, no problem, (laughs) when they got to the uh, storage locker, there was the number 43 on it. There were actually a bunch of numbers in here that I uh, looked up. Um, So I could be wrong about that, but uh, there's a Moon Knight issue number 43. Uh, So Moon Knight joins a group of heroes to battle doppelgangers of Black Knight, Beast, Dark Hawk, and Daredevil. so, you know, that could be a reference to one or more of those characters making an appearance in Moon Knight at some point in the future, maybe not even this season, maybe just eventually. Um, and I think Black Knight was part of the Marvel Knights team, which is, uh, I think, the most popular um, prediction right now as far as, like, what team he'll be a part of. Yeah, Midnight um, Suns, too. Yeah, so it could be a reference to the Marvel Knights team. Or the fact that it's uh, that comic was about battling doppelgangers. It could just be foreshadowing to Stephen battling Mark for control of the body. That yeah, you know, my mind went straight to variants. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. No, Doctor Strange on the mind. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure. It's so close. We're going yeah, so literally a month from today. That's so exciting. I know it's going to be so soon. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I felt like that was a deliberate choice. Marvel hides little um, Easter eggs like that all over. So I think that was an intentional Easter egg. Uh, again, not sure which reference uh, was intended there, but it's cool. I just, I love finding all these Easter eggs in these episodes. Oh, there, yeah. were, there were quite a few in this one. Um, so yeah, he gets into the safe. He finds all of Mark's mercenary stuff. And that's when we learn for the first time. And we've known for a while, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, because, you know, we do our research, <laughs> try to anyway. <laughs> uh, so that's where we learned for the first time that his last name was Spectre. And um, we get a close look at the passport. And uh, I noticed something interesting on there. Uh, so I didn't, it look, says, I didn't look at the passport. I'd paused on the passport. I had a feeling I'm like, this is a moment I should I should take a second and look at this. So what'd you catch from it? So there were there were uh, a couple of things. Um, so the first thing I noticed, it says he was born in '87, I believe. And then later on in the episode, we find out that he was wanted uh, in connection with the series of murders that happened in. Egypt in 1975. Um, So, you know, obviously the uh, date of birth of 87 was made up. So 
I mean, he's a mercenary. I guess he has his ways of doing it. Uh, so I don't really know the implications, but, you know, I, I guess that makes me wonder how old he actually is. Because if he was, you know, uh, a full-blown adult and, you know, uh, trained um, to the point where he's, you know, like if, uh, if you listen to our episode about the uh, origin of Mark Spector, you know, he was in the army. Um, I don't remember exactly what we, what we uh, uh, said for that, but like he was trained as a Marine, I think, and then eventually became a mercenary. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to be that far along, uh, you know, he'd have to be like, you know, at least late teens. <laughs> So that means that uh, that incident in Egypt with those multiple homicides, um, if that happened in 75, he would have had to have been born in like, you know, 55 at the absolute uh, latest, right? Possibly even earlier than 1955. So that kind of tells us his age, which is interesting because um, we know right now, if you look at the passport, he got it renewed in 2018, and so we know it's it's some point after 2018. And we were talking in the first episode; we didn't really know when exactly this was, but we know now it's yeah, yeah, post 2018, somewhere somewhere after that. Yeah, it's um, modern. Yeah, so that means he's uh, at least 63 years old. Well, he <laughs> give, he, give he, or take. He What's admitted that? in the episode that he di- that he died, and that Conchu brought yeah. him back. So yep. he's the age is done now, you know, so he, he, well, he already died. He's not going to age again. Yeah. Um, I just find that interesting, though, because when we were talking about the history of the character, um, yes, Kanshu can bring him back uh, from death, but I don't remember any of his powers being, uh, you know, not aging. You know, I, don't I don't remember that, that either, thing. but it could be something they totally just throw into the MCU for him. Um, but they yeah. did. they did definitely acknowledge that uh, Kanchu told him, like, you would not, you would not be here if it wasn't for me. Uh, you were just a corpse laying there. Uh, and you think you own this body? Yeah, right. Or something like that. So yeah, he, he, they're definitely going with that origin that he died. And, and Kanchu, he's, he's fulfilling uh, what, he, what he, I think he even said the word debt, like he's fulfilling a debt, almost. Um, so that Kanchu, yeah, an agreement, uh, right? Yeah, which I'm sure we're going to see come to fruition at some point in the season of course yeah we'll see a like, flashback i'm sure yeah 100 percent. yeah um but it's good to know that they are going to stay true to the comic in that in that sense for sure yeah um all right so then that, that was all i noticed about the passport was there anything okay. else that you caught on there no 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 i i just thought it was interesting that he was from from illinois but then in my mind i was like Oh, he could be from Chicago in the MCU. And then I was like, oh, well, that's probably, that could just be fake because he's a, you know, a mercenary. So it doesn't have to be exactly where he's from. Because yeah. I think in the comics, he's from New York, right? We talked about that. So yes. um, they're kind of, kind of, I guess, kind of trying to shift it away from New York at the moment because there's just so much going on there. Yeah, uh, clearly the passport is fake, um, yeah. even though Mark Spector is the original identity. Right. Mm-hmm. He used the same well, name, I guess, which is curious. Are we, are we really certain? No, we. It's that's got to be the case, because um, if Mark knows that they died and were revived by Conchu, then he's got to be the original. 
Yeah, Mark's the original. There's no doubt in my mind. Mark is the original. He, the original person, for yeah, sure. But they still um, haven't made that clear in, in no. the episode. They haven't like no, outright no. come out and said it. No. There's enough evidence there that that I think yeah. it's, I think it's a certain thing. Well, yeah, and he had a, he had, he was he, go doubling back to his wife. Um, you know, it pretty much was a, she pretty much said like she was a mercenary. I took it that she worked with him, um, and they were married. So there was a lot of time spent there. So I'm, I'm leaning towards your theory that he definitely was alive for probably 20 to 30 years at the least before he died and was resurrected or whatever. So I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards that, but then it wouldn't make sense because she would be older. Yeah, no, I don't think they got married until after that happened, which doesn't really make sense. Right. right. Exactly. Because, <laughs> so, because yeah, for me, because for me, I was taking it that they were mercenaries together before he died and then he died and he disappeared that's what i got from like the first episode and i kind of still was feeling in this one honestly they're probably just doing this on purpose and then once the season yeah then the season because we the, what's going on what 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 um and then you know we have four full episodes and these have been longer i don't remember how long the first episode was but i feel like these have already been like decently longer than some of the other marvel shows we've gotten like some of the episodes some of the episodes are like so, 30 to 40 minutes these are like 50 right 50 50 on so um we have a lot of time left to kind of bring everything full circle of course they're not going to answer all of our questions because they're going to want to keep us dangling on for what's to come but i think they're going to clear up whatever is meant to be this first arc of his story in the season yeah. so yeah I, we have a lot of questions huh Oh yeah, lots of questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we were trying to figure out exactly like when they would have met like Layla and Mark. It seems like that would have happened mm -hmm. after the events in uh, Egypt, but with the event that happened in Egypt, uh, based on the story in the comics, at least, that's when, uh, that's, that's roughly when the other personalities were not created necessarily but where they became more prominent um because we're, we're still not really sure about that uh because um <clears throat> because in the comics uh like the other personalities have been around pretty much mark's entire life um but then like when he dies and he's resurrected they become uh kind of meshed in with the difference uh i don't remember the term for it but the different like sides of kangshu um yeah but the thing is is that his wife didn't know anything about steven so yeah. if he was his you would imagine if she's his wife that's something that she's going to find out about sooner than later she had no idea who Stephen was. She's like, what are you doing? Like, stop this. Like, we're getting a divorce. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Like, what is yeah. going on with you right now? So that's what's making me think that this is, I still think that they were married before when they were mercenaries together because she did say too that she worked with him. And then he died and she didn't know what happened to him. She didn't know he died. She just, he just disappeared. No, about the costume. Right. So they were definitely together like uh, before the divorce was proposed. So she knew yeah. about. OK, so, yeah, because she knows about the costume, they definitely had to have met and gotten married after the whole. That's a good point um, too. Yep. in Egypt. Yeah. That's a good point, too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So it seems like he doesn't really age. And uh, they met sometime after 1975, probably, you know, around 2000 or so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause she's younger. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. <sighs> um, all right. So, <laughs> so they're talking for a while uh, in the storage unit. And then uh, Mark tells Steve to go take a nap and, you know, reveals that he's the avatar of Khonshu, which, you know, obviously we already knew about because we looked into his origin story. Um, but, you know, that confirms it. And uh, I just thought there was a pretty funny line from Steven in there. Uh, he's talking about like how all this stuff is happening. And then says, I eat one piece of steak and then bam, I go bonkers. <laughs> it <laughs> is like, I'm telling you, I love it. It's, it. it's like this like quick witty, you know, just I, I like it. I really do enjoy it a lot. He's, he's funny. And I, and, and again, like I said earlier in the episode, we, they just have us rooting for him. They're doing a good job at that. At least I think so. Oscar yeah. is just totally delivering. He's totally delivering right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm no expert, but I feel like his accents are on the money. Like he's doing a really good job jumping yeah, between he- the characters. Yeah, and it's not like a strong, it, it it seems like a fake British accent because it actually is, because he's American pretending to be British. So yeah. I know people that were like judging the accent, like it's so weird, it sounds so off. Oh, I'm like, it's supposed it's to sound off yeah. because he's not actually because British. he's not, he's an American yeah. pretending to be British. <laughs> so he Oscar is actually delivering it because he's yeah. making it that he that's not, it's not, it's not real it's 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 not from within they're actually they actually like point that out later on in the episode because layla even says to him like all right i'm not buying it i'm not buying this accent yes yes exactly yeah so i think he's doing such a great job in that sense for sure oh yeah definitely um okay so one other thing when uh, mark is explaining like the deal with Konshu, the fact that he's his avatar he says that part of the deal was contingent on steven not interfering um which implies that steven existed before uh mark was killed and made the deal with Konshu, right um yeah but but also Konshu was with him after so it's something that could have happened after and they both are aware of I it. mean I guess it's it's unclear but I assume when he's talking about the deal being contingent on Stephen not interfering I'm assuming they're talking about the original deal the original like deal that's fair back to yeah, yeah yeah that's fair that's fair so that's my assumption there I could be wrong yeah. um, but that would also uh line up with the origin story that Stephen existed before um mm-hmm. before Mark was killed sure um so then, uh, again, still in the storage unit, they uh, uh, Stephen finds that pistol, um, and there is a symbol on the pistol. It was like a smiling clown. Did you notice that? No. <laughs> it was pretty blurry, but it looked like a smiling clown to me. Um, so I tried looking it up. The I didn't get. I couldn't find the exact symbol. Um, but the only things that were coming up were Joker naturally, and. Uh, uh, Deadpool. So <laughs> I don't actually think it's a reference to Deadpool because it's, it's definitely not like the actual Deadpool logo. Um, 
but I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's a reference. I don't think it is. I couldn't find what it was a reference to, but it just felt deliberate. I yeah, assume it, might it was just, like the logo yeah. of their mercenary team. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I couldn't find an answer on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So after the uh, storage unit there, uh, uh, Steven is running from Kanshu. And uh, so there's a, a few things that happen. Um, so the uh, storage unit, I think it was the storage unit that Steven was in. Uh, the door bursts open and uh, a lot of light comes out of it. I'm not entirely sure what that was about. Um, but then as he's running, there's another storage unit where it seems like somebody's trying to break out of one of the storage units. Um, and uh, we do actually see a number on the lock of that. I don't think it's actually a significant number, but I looked it up anyway. Because uh, <laughs> it looked like it was it was something that, you know, they wouldn't have been able to write on it. It was just like, uh, you know, the... Uh, I don't know the default number that's that's printed on like every lock that does uh, made by that company or whatever and it was actually a legit company that like I looked up the the company that was listed on there it was a legit lock um lock making company but uh anyway it was number 264 and uh Avengers number 264 that issue features Wasp and Black Knight uh so you know yet another possible Black Knight reference um well- and to catch to catch you on that point, uh, I was thinking in my mind too. I'm like, well, also Dane Whitman is in London. We know that because of the end of Eternals, yeah. and I was thinking in that in my mind, I'm like, you know, uh, uh, what's her face, um, Cersei and um, Sprite were in London for a while as well. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I. Again, I don't think that was actually one, but they did zoom in on the lock enough that you could actually make out the number very clearly. So okay. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> so Exciting. after he is done with uh, that whole chase scene, um, and I, I really liked. I know you didn't really like that, but at least parts of it I really liked. When like when Kanchu kept disappearing and reappearing, and the speed yeah. of the lights flickering on and off mm-hmm. uh, kept changing. It's just like it was very uh, intense in moments. Um, so I don't know. I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I like the sequence. I just I, I freeze frames. Just stop, please. <laughs> For me. I only remember one freeze frame. Were it went more? still on the it, when he when like Kanchu when there was walked, that blinding light in the background. That's the no, only one so that like I it, it, it was when like Kanchu like finally got right up to him. They did like a freeze frame on Steven's face, and he was like, "Yeah, that was when the stopped. light was in the background." Oh, okay, the, yeah, when yeah. The door like burst open and light came out. And yeah, right and it was just like it was just stop. There's a freeze frame, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah." It definitely felt very <laughs> unnecessary. I I agree. I didn't love yeah. that moment, but I like the rest of the scene. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, so after that, he runs into Layla. And um, let's see, so I actually looked this up. So in the last episode, I made a theory and uh, I, I gave a spoiler warning ahead of time. Um, I can now confidently say that I was wrong. So you don't have to worry about it. If you, if you heard my uh, potential spoiler last time, I was wrong. Um, so I was predicting that it was Layla Miller because there's only one Marvel character named Layla, supposedly. Um, just something I read. 
and uh, yeah, her last name is not Miller. Uh, let me see. It's uh, Layla L. Fowley, not Miller. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I looked up the full name of the Layla Miller character. There's there's definitely no relation there. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was predicting uh, that she was an X-Men character. And looking into Layla Miller's power, I guess it actually could kind of make sense because she can like bring people back from the dead, <laughs> which, which actually kind of makes a lot of sense. But um, but yeah, it, it seems like that's probably not actually who that is. Um, and one, uh, one warning I want to give to anybody listening, uh, don't look on IMDb because uh, they have not been careful about that. There are several spoilers in there right now about characters yeah. that are coming. So do not look on there. Oh, no. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> so I spoil it for myself, which I'm fine with. Um, I like knowing about these things ahead of time nowadays. I promise I'm not going to say any, <laughs> any uh, spoilers from IMDb Thank on you. here. But I just Thank wanted you. to warn everybody. Don't mm -hmm. look on there. Yeah, um, I kind of, I kind of still like having a little bit surprised for me. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. No problem. Um, all right, so yeah, we talked about this before. Layla doesn't know about Stephen, uh, so she must be, you know, relatively newish in Mark's life. Or Mark has just been uh, really good about hiding Stephen. Um, and uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, uh, Layla mentions that. Uh, uh, Mark and his mom haven't been talking for a while, which yeah. is funny because uh, I, I had a theory in from the last episode that he wasn't actually talking to his mom on the phone in any of the phone calls that he had. It was all just leaving voicemails for her, which this kind of confirms that theory because I think his mom was dodging his calls <laughs> and then he went straight to voicemail and he was trying to talk to her. She wouldn't answer the phone. Yeah. So it seems yeah. like the whole thing with them not talking is not necessarily because Mark didn't want to talk to his mom, but because mm -hmm. his mom didn't want to talk to him. And this kind of backs that up. Mm -hmm. So hey, yeah, I think, I think and it I'm backs up. About that. Yeah, it backs up. She's alive too. Like she's real. So because I knew we were talking True. about the yeah. potential of her not existing either. And that kind of, it, that solidified like she obviously exists. So yeah. Yep. Good point. Mm -hmm. Um. So then uh, they go back to Stephen's apartment and uh, uh, Stephen uh, or Layla is reading from a book that Stephen has from her uh, favorite French poet. And is it French? It's French, right? I think it's French. Uh, yeah, it's not, yes, it was, it was. Yeah, um, but anyway, Stephen says it's his favorite poet and she yeah. says, no, it's my favorite poet. So, I like that. you know, so that's, uh, an indication that Stephen, even though he doesn't know who Layla is, somewhere in his subconscious, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's a link between him and Mark. So he knows something about her enough to like drive him to learn um, all about that poet, even though he didn't necessarily understand why. So um, yeah, she, you know, so he there's, has an there's some like connection. Yeah, even though they she, they're basically separate entities, they're still connected correct. on some mm -hmm. level. Yeah, yeah. So he has an influence on his life, whether. Mm -hmm. He's acknowledging it or not that's what i got from that yep um and then she brings out the divorce papers apparently mark wanted a divorce and uh that kind of explains why he's been dodging the calls you know because uh because he loves her so he doesn't want the divorce but he's also trying to get her out of his life because he knows that she's just going to be in danger if um 
if he answers the call and she comes to help him and she doesn't he does, mark doesn't want her to be in danger so that's why he keeps dodging the calls so that explains what was happening in episode one were you gonna say something that was my theory i was like when we were talking about the phone calls and he's like she called him so many or she called him so many times i'm like honestly i think that he they're together and he's trying to push her away because he's trying to save her life honestly so they really drive that home in this episode for sure yeah definitely. Um, yeah yeah so, 100% right about that yeah um but it's but steven like i love how he puts on his glasses and he's like no no like, like he just met her and he's like no no i don't want a divorce no <laughs> it's like <laughs> poor steven like he's just so nice he's like He's like, even though he like doesn't really like Mark, really, he's like, I still don't want to do that to Mark. No, I don't want to divorce. Like, <laughs> Steven. Yeah, like this Mark guy, clearly there's <laughs> something wrong with him. Why would he yeah. want to divorce you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, no, no, that's not happening, Mark. Get out of here, dude. But yeah, it makes sense. I love, I love the contrast. I love the back and forth. I'm really enjoying it a lot. It's just, it's so, it's so, it's just awesome yeah they're doing a really nice job with it mm-hmm. um all right so then the uh the police officers uh show up at steven's apartment um we get the potential dc reference there i don't know if it actually is and then uh, we see his apartment number is 502 another number that i looked up um so there is avengers number 502 it's called avengers disassembled chaos which would make a lot of sense if the chaos like, that feels yeah. like a legitimate one because they were talking about you know chaos in the first episode and that's mm-hmm. kind of what his whole character is all about so it would make sense if that's a, another legitimate yeah. one oh, um, yeah. so there yeah. are there's a whole slew of characters in that uh in that comic um among them uh some of the more notable ones at least uh moon knight fantastic four quicksilver shield and uh, a whole bunch of others, <laughs> but those are the most notable, um, and several Avengers characters as well. Um, so yeah, then uh, you know they have their whole conversation, and then uh, Layla hides on the roof to uh, avoid being um, caught by those guys, and then uh, she actually uh, has the scarab with her, so she's keeping it away from the police officers, and then uh, they take Mark away after. Um, after finding the passport uh, that you know is clearly a fake passport, because it's it's obviously him and it's under a different name, so they're taking him in for questioning. So they leave the apartment, and the uh, two police officers take Mark, uh, you know, wherever they're taking him. Presumably the police station, but that doesn't end up happening. Um, and when they're in the car, uh, they're doing some research on Mark Spector, and they find out that he was involved. Uh, he was wanted for questioning for. Uh, multiple homicides that happened in Egypt in 1975. Um, so they don't really go into it, but uh, we're we're assuming based on the origin story from the comics that that was when uh, uh, he had his uh, fight with, I can't remember his name, uh, the like main villain. Um, yeah, his like arch nemesis basically. Yeah. Uh, let me see. I got it right here. Bushman. Bushman. Yeah. So Bushman. So that's presumably when his uh, altercation with Bushman happens. Bushman kills him, and then he gets resurrected by Khonshu, and then um, 
then he goes and fights Bushman again, but that time he ends up winning. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, presumably that happened back in 1975. There you are. My uh, picture's just <laughs> going away here for a moment. Um, anyway, all good now. Uh, so, yeah, that presumably happens back in 1975. And we talked about that a little bit earlier about what all that means. So not gonna go into that again. Um, but one other thing I noticed when uh, when the the uh, detective constables, <laughs> the uh, DC police officers uh, bring up the, uh, uh, the information about like what happened in 1975, um, you can see that the, uh, uh, I think it's like the lead detective on the case, um, his name is Nick, Pepin, and uh, Nick Pepin was apparently the uh, production manager for Moon Knight, so um, that was obviously just a, a nod to him. So. Uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> Another little Easter egg. Um, cool. Let's see. So they bring him to where Arthur is, and uh, Arthur has, you know, his whole group of people there, um, and he just has, uh, you know, Nice long conversation with Mark, answering a lot of the questions that we had. Uh, he reveals that he was Conchu's avatar previously before Mark. Um, so that's why he knows so much about everything. And, uh, you know, um, we, we don't really know like how that ended or why he's now. Oh, he also reveals that he's the avatar for Amit. So we don't really know exactly how that switch happens, why uh, he and Kanchu had a falling out. You know, he's kind of bad-mouthing Kanchu a lot and saying that, you know, um, it's never gonna end. He's always gonna say, oh, there's just one more miss and just one more thing, one more thing, and it's just never gonna end. So, um, and uh, he's also uh, making it clear that Kanchu, there's not really much that he can do without an avatar. Which is pretty interesting. Um, he's, you know, he can kind of like make things move. Like he has a, a pretty weak telepathic ability, but it seems like he can only interact with like objects, not necessarily people, because he's just like blowing things around and knocking things over, but he's not actually directly interacting with Mark or anybody else or Steven. Um, so, you know, that's interesting that uh, that really changes. Uh, the scenes that we see with Kanshu earlier on where he seems like this really menacing like god that's you know slowly or quickly walking towards Mark and you know it's terrifying but once you realize that he can't actually really do anything to Mark it completely changes those scenes so yep I uh one thing I want to say though is I yeah. thought that scene was incredible um that was one of my favorite scenes in the whole episode I think Ethan Hawke is rushing it i he's pulling me in and i i he the way that he was trying to manipulate steven to say that conchu's the bad guy don't listen to him you don't have to listen to him he's a liar you know ahmet knows what's up listen to her instead uh because it's some most of the time i was thinking like is this arthur speaking to to steven or is this ahmet speaking to steven because you really were trying to figure it out um, because there's intention there, right? Um, but I think he did such a powerful job trying to manipulate Steven into thinking that, you know, uh, 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 Khonshu's the bad guy. We're the good guys. 
he should be with us. It's all good. Uh, and I thought that was a really powerful scene. And I loved how he just kind of brought him in and it was all chill and it was all good. And people are like watching some free Willy movie or <laughs> like watching whales or something. Like, I don't know what's going on with these cult people. And, uh, you know, it's just that weird cult vibe. And, um, but it was really, it was just, it, it drew me in the suspense of that scene and the acting between the two of them. I'm really enjoying it a lot. And, um, Arthur uh, is an interesting, uh, you know, you know. I guess we couldn't even really, yeah, he's a villain. I mean, yeah, because he, he straight up killed the guy. So it, it was showing at the end of the episode that he isn't really all about uh, judging them first. He's just, if someone is in his way, he's going to kill them. Like, no, no question asked. So um, yeah, he's a villain. Uh, but before that happened, they, they did a really good job uh, kind of making us go back and forth in our head as an audience, but also Stephen questioning what's going on even more than he was before. Uh, and I thought that was just a really uh, cool scene altogether and a really, really good job uh, on a performance level too. So yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, Ethan Hawke was great. Uh, he's definitely uh, an awesome villain um for yeah. this show completely agree i'm glad they oh i don't think we mentioned this before we talked about it off camera but i'm glad uh um they met in the coffee shop yes <laughs> <laughs> i know right fate right i mean come on if you believe in it or not but yeah, yeah so i guess oscar just went to a coffee shop and uh ethan hawk was there and he was like hey do you want to want to play the bad guy in moon nights <laughs> coming up soon then ethan was like yeah sure <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah uh, he's awesome he's awesome uh, yeah that's been great mm -hmm. loving it um anyway so when uh when they're talking initially Kanshu is uh telling steven to kill arthur <laughs> and that really uh reaffirms like what uh you know, Arthur's claims that he was Kanchu's avatar before because, you know, mm -hmm. clearly Kanchu doesn't want Arthur speaking because he knows that uh, Arthur's going to try to um, get him to stop being Kanchu's avatar or at least, you know, sabotage Kanchu in some way. Um, mm -hmm. So he doesn't want, he doesn't want Arthur blabbing. Mm -hmm. um, but they also made you feel like Kanchu might be the bad guy in that scene. Like they, they made did. you kind of question it, you, you know, they don't go fully with it right but they do kind of tease you a little bit with it and that's why i like that scene there's so much like whoa you know right. what, what are they going to do here what's going on like okay you know is arthur maybe actually the good person and conscious the bad one and maybe he really is trying to help steve and mark's not i was like whoa 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 um but you know they kind of blew, blew that out the window in the last like 15 minutes but yeah you know that that's why i think that was a really that was a standout scene for me because of the suspense you know yeah for sure um so yeah they uh they basically say the main difference between Kanchu and Ahmed is that Kanchu only kills uh people after they've done something bad whereas Ahmed prejudges people and can supposedly tell if people are going to do something bad before they actually do it and then um uh, so Kanchu has his his quote I am real justice uh which Arthur just makes fun of when he says it. I was about to say, yeah. He's like, he's saying that I'm real justice, right? And he's like, yeah. And I, and um, Stephen in that part, he's like, so wait, like you kill like children? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, Arthur's like, well, you know, I'm glad you brought that point up. You know, you gotta, and then he made like- Doesn't dispute it if, at all. If you have a disease in your hand, 
and then you have to amputate it you know and he's like you just compared a, a children like kids are not a disease and I love how he just turns around to all the cult people and they're all just staring at him and he's like uh are you guys like into this thing like you guys are into like killing kids and all of that because like that's just I'm not I'm, I'm not feeling that I'm not in with that nobody's <laughs> flinching nobody flint yeah everyone was just cold blank stare like totally brainwashed totally manipulated yeah. I think that as well as uh, the thing that you mentioned later when Arthur goes up to a guy and he just says you know I'm sure I'm sorry you won't be able to see the future that we're building he just kills him um, and he doesn't even do like the the test the scales test yeah. um, I think that really tells us like what's really going on yeah um, he's not killing people that are have done bad things or will do bad things he's killing people that won't serve Amit like not necessarily good people or bad people just people that would not be willing to actually follow him that's that's all it is that's 100 percent what it is and that's 100 percent what i took from that scene and was that, that actually makes that, a lot of sense uh with what happened with steven too like yep. when he did the scales test with steven um you know Cause like, I was, I was kind of wondering, you know, like if there's some bad in him and some good in him, why isn't right. he just killing him because of the bad part? And now it makes a lot more sense because right. the, the quote unquote bad part is the part that like would side with Amit. So he's trying to like, wait to see which way he's going to go. Cause there's a chance that they could recruit another soldier for their army. So it makes that scene makes a lot more sense now, I think. Um, all right. <laughs> so uh this is actually going back a bit I, i've got my notes out of order a little bit here but we find out oh, that, the, uh, that the scarab is basically actually they, they don't fully explain it until later so maybe this isn't the right spot but they explain that the scarab is a compass that's yeah. on its tomb right um so they're trying that's why they want the scarab so badly so they can bring on back to life because right now, um, Arthur has like the staff that has just like a small portion of Amit's power, but they want to actually bring Amit back to life so it can be you know, full power and they can change the world, mold the world the way that they want it to be. Um, Typical villain stuff. Yeah. Want to take over the world. What else is new? <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Then later on in that scene, Layla uh, tells Stephen that he should summon the suit. Uh, you know, tells us that she's known about the suit all along. Um, you know, we talked about that earlier. And uh, shortly before that, um, Arthur summons the uh, uh, the jackal, which we didn't get to see that in uh, the first episode. But now that explains what happened there. Um, yeah, can that he actually summoned it? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Um, yeah. How did you take that scene? Because the way I took it was that he almost, it was almost as if Arthur used the power of Ahmet through the staff to open like a, like a portal to the underworld. And then he like took the uh, hound from the underworld because you see how that like opened up in the ground and then that was it. That's all we saw of that. So when I was thinking, when I was doubling back to it, I was thinking like, what was really the point of that? And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe he was like opening up a, a dimension to the underworld to pull that power, to, to pull that hound from the underworld. Because you know how like, like the Egyptian, they're, they're, in, they're into like the underworld and stuff like that. So right. I feel like we would get an answer on that if we dug into, uh, you know, the lore of jackals in okay. uh, Egyptian culture. Um, right. I haven't though, so I don't know, but I think you're probably right. Just, uh, you know, brought from the underworld to do yeah. its bidding. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So to look into that. Yeah. Um, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, the jackal chases them. They get cornered in a room, lock the door. They have all discussion. Steven, Steven has a whole internal debate and he refuses to summon the suit. And <laughs> the jackal comes and tackles and throws him out the window. And then he just yells suit as he's falling to the ground. <laughs> He just uh, so you know, good. He nails this pole like so hard. Yeah, face then, first into a pole, and then he does a flip, and then it uh, just skips to uh, him landing on the ground, superhero pose. Superhero in, pose in the Mister Knight suit. Yeah, he falls that was, over. That was, so I read. <laughs> so I read funny. online on Twitter that he uh, uh, that was uh, Oscar Isaac's idea to uh, to fall over when uh, when it he did the superhero pose, and it makes a lot of sense, Steven. Yeah, yeah like it's perfect. Yeah, yeah it was great. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. that. Nice I love touch. that. Yeah, I love that entrance. Like, and That's just so good. the whole, just all of it from the moment it happened to the moment he wasn't Mr. Knight anymore. I, that was another part of my, that was another part of the episode that I adored. I, I loved him. Look how strong I am. Look how cool I look. Mm-hmm. And then, and then he, like, it was just, oh, I was just rooting for him again. Like I keep saying, it was just they really caught they really got me on that. Yeah. I know that's what they're going for, but they 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 got this guy on that because I was just like I literally when we were watching. I was like Steven, yeah, like I was just like so hyped for him. But um, yeah, I digress. Um, so I've only seen Mister Knight in one other thing. There's a video game I played that okay. featured him, and one of his like primary weapons was a shotgun. I don't know if that's consistent with the comics or not. So I wonder if that's gonna come in later nice. or not. Steven with a shotgun. I like how he told out the two batons. He's like, oh, these are kind of cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was like feeling himself for the first time. Like, you know, he was like, Steven almost was like, he, what we saw early on, he was just very uncomfortable and trying to just get, get through it. And yeah. his confidence really just kind of instantly it. started to get it. Yeah, when he, when he became Mr. Knight, I loved it. I mean, if I suddenly had, you know, superhuman powers, I'd start to feel pretty confident. Too. Dressed in all white, head to toe. Yeah. I was like, hey, I look pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then Mark is like, he calls him Psycho Colonel Stan- Sanders. Sanders? <laughs> that was good. That was so good. Mm. Um, yeah, there's more humor. Like, they keep yeah. actually laughing. Yeah. And I thought, like, I don't know if that's our expectations that we both set for ourselves. Like, oh, this one's going to be, which of course we set those expectations because we were, they were, they were setting the tone before it came out. Like, this is going to be intense. This is going to be dark. This is going to be, you know, you got to take it seriously, all this. And of course we were. But then I was like, I'm like caught off guard. I'm like, man, they they had me laughing a lot. Like, yeah. Sneaking it in there. Yeah. And a lot of it is that the sake of Steven, I will say, but, um, yeah it's it has its humor yeah there's that moment when he's uh complimenting how good he looks because he's talking about mark and he's like i don't care how how handsome you are yeah (laughs) yeah that was so good complimenting himself in some way yeah um so we find out a little bit more about uh the powers that moon knight has so he he does have superhuman strength so that was something that we weren't sure about before. It is nighttime when it happens. Um, so, you know, there seems to be a little bit of inconsistency in the comics, depending on like uh, exactly what scenario is going on, whatever, whether or not uh, he gets extra strength from the moon. Um, but it seems like he definitely does here. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So I don't know how strong he would be middle of the day, but he definitely has superhuman strength at night. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, good to know. Uh, one one thing that, uh, so a little bit later on, uh, when we see him like jumping from rooftop to rooftop, we don't actually see him gliding. At least I, I watched it a couple of times and I was like, no, it's definitely not a glide. Like, I guess he was going, um, you know, it was a little unnatural how how far he was able to jump. And I feel like that was maybe, you know, a little bit of a slower, a lesser gravity effect than there should have been. But it was definitely not a glide. Um, it was like a leap. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. I think he's so, going to glide at some point. Don't worry. <laughs> maybe. You're, you're going to get it, Colin. It'll happen. It'll happen. No, I just, I just, I just like knowing their power sets, you know. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree, definitely. Absolutely. So as of right now, no gliding, but maybe later. Yeah, maybe soon. Yeah. Um. So we also find out that even though people can't see uh, the jackal, they can still interact with it. Because uh, mm -hmm. Layla throws a, bat, a bottle at it at some point, the jackal tries to kill Layla, and the jackal actually, like, when he gets knocked down by Mister Knight, he ends up getting up and like flailing his limbs around and knocks a bunch of people out around. Um, so, you know, he's definitely able to interact with people and they can interact with him. They just can't see him. Well, when he threw so, the bottle, the, the liquid exposed some of the visual from his yeah. mouth. Yeah. yeah. So that's what she was able to see. She saw the teeth and she was mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it has some sort of like cloaking ability, um, which is pretty cool, yeah. honestly. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't know exactly what that means. And then right. there was a Muhammad Ali reference in there. <laughs> <laughs> i know and i'm and i'm yeah at first i was like in my brain i was like wait was that rocky oh wait no that was real life that was muhammad ali my bad <laughs> or like oh, yeah. movies first i was like rocky oh wait no muhammad ali that's right <laughs> so when he's uh getting pumped up getting ready to fight the jackal yeah. he says float like a butterfly sting like a bee yeah. and uh yeah that's a muhammad ali quote yeah, got to have the pop culture references in, yeah. in anything Marvel related. That's just part of the staple, you know. I wonder, like, what that means. Is there any kind of significance to like why they chose to do a Muhammad Ali reference? Maybe they just felt like it. I, yeah, but I mean, I, they just it's like pretty rare that they just do things just because you know. There's like, yeah, there's usually yeah. a reason. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Like when they like in, in Infinity War, and they like Spider Man's like, "Have you seen Aliens?" And then, you know, it was for a reason because they blew him out of the yeah. airlock, you yeah. know, so uh, not the airlock, but basically. Right. Um, and yeah, so you're right. There usually is a purpose, but I feel like sometimes there isn't like they they, they do bring up yeah. like pop culture references as just I think that's, that's just fun. part of the part of the the stroke of a, of a Marvel Marvel project. You got to have just a splash of a little bit of pop culture references, you know. Yeah. So that, that's how I took that's why I took it. That's how probably. Yeah. I was trying to think like what else it could be, but nothing's really coming to mind. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, eventually Steven lets Mark take control and then we get to see, you know, a full fight with, uh, with Mark in control. It's, it's not really much of a fight, but <laughs> since it Mark takes control, he just yeah. runs away, yeah. which I, it, was it was really cool. disappointing because like he turned into Moon Knight yeah, and true. then he, he got the like Moon Glaives from his chest, clearly yeah. ready to do battle. And then he just bolts. And yeah, he basically drops the glaives well, immediately because he needs to free up his hands to climb the building. So the whole that whole yeah, I know. sequence there was a little weird to me. But well, yeah, it's because she said you need to get him away from everybody. Like at first he was about to fight 
I think sure. he didn't even like acknowledge it first. Like I think at first he was trying to go straight for the jugular. Like he was trying to go straight to take the thing out. Yeah. But if they continue to fight, they're going to cause more devastation. They might have hurt some lives. That's so fair. she instantly yeah. said like, no, you need to get him out of here. So that's why he kind of like changed his mind and then he dipped and he went on the, and I thought that was a pretty cool chase scene. Like I like, I liked running on the rooftops and whatnot. It was exciting. I thought, um, well, but yeah, it's cool to find. I'm glad they kind of gave us the full visual of him getting into his suit. I want to see more of it because it's so cool. I hope they give yeah. us like a couple moments throughout the season of him going full transform into the suit. Cause that's just visually like looks so cool. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, all right, so yeah, that scene ends. They jump off the building, impale the uh, um, the jackal, <laughs> and then uh, at that point, Mark realizes he doesn't have the scarab. And then you know we real we figure out that Arthur now has the scarab, and uh, he kills that random guy. But she doesn't even do the test on him, so oh. I guess that test must just be for show. It like is. maybe he's already able to determine just by uh, just by touching someone. He doesn't need to do the the whole cane um pendulum test um i think it's just like the lines are blurred for him too it's not as black and white as he makes it out to be i think that anyone that that's going to get in the way of him and Amet bringing back Amet, he's going to kill yeah him. but that guy wasn't getting in the way he yeah but he but he over still, the without hesitation he did but i think like the guy still like saw it and still affected him and like the guy's still going to think about it and you know i mean who knows like he could I don't know. I, I, I just took it as like, I, I don't want anyone knowing anything. I'm just going to kill this guy and just be done with it because I don't care. You know? Yeah, but all of his followers already knew about the Scarab because like that scene in the town from the first episode, he was talking openly about the Scarab with all those people around. But there's followers. So they, he already like, they're already, they're already with him. This was just a random guy. This wasn't a follower. Well, right, but I'm saying, like, I don't think he killed him just because. I think he killed him because when he touched him, he was able to determine just okay. by touching him if he okay. was willing to follow or not. Right, so you're yeah. saying, yeah, that the that the whole extra part of it being a show, because right. that would be really intense in mass public just to touch somebody and be like, goodbye. Right. <laughs> touch somebody and be like, oh, you're good. So, yeah, it makes sense that he kind of does like a, like a, like a, yeah, like that whole showy thing. So. Long and dance. Yep. Not necessary at all. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a, at least my guess, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you could take that for multiple different ways. All we know for sure is that uh, he's the villain. That's what we get from that. Yeah. For sure. So. Yep. All right. So there were uh, another couple of references, uh, mm -hmm. number number references. I know, well, one more, I guess. Um, so we see Layla's license plate on her motorcycle as she drives off. Drives off. It's a GF3 CV9. So GF3 is a type of rifle, um, which made me think that it was legitimate uh, Easter egg uh, because you know we know she. Well, we presume that she was a mercenary with Mark, and that pretty much confirms it. Um, and then the CV9 was a reference to the USS Essex. Um, an aircraft carrier from World War II. I don't know if that had any significance in Marvel. I think that's more just indicating that she's military, right. yeah. um, has military training. So yeah. yeah, so another little Easter egg there. Um, and then we get to see something new. Uh, I mean, a lot of new things. But uh, So when Mark is in control after the uh, fight scene with the Jackal, uh, we see Steven on the other side for the first time. 
and he's yeah. not liking it. And, you know, Mark kind of feels for him, but at the same time, he's like, you'll be fine. You know, it's, it's not a big deal, but I'm not giving you control back. And um, he's saying that uh, there's always been this like uh, wall built up between them, but something's different now. Um, so it's not, it's not entirely clear what exactly happened. I guess it, it probably something to do with the fact that Steven is no longer in the dark. Like he's aware of everything that's going on. So that, that wall that was built up that was like protecting Steven, um, you know, that wall was torn down because of everything that happened in this episode and the last episode. So now it's, it's not there anymore. So Steven can't just like take control from him anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't fully understand do you think that do you think that Steven just or do you think that Mark just assumed that uh him becoming Moon Knight was only gonna be him? I think maybe that kind of threw him off that Steven became his own version of Moon Knight, Mr. Knight. So do you think that in that in his mind, Mark it, it changed and at first he kind of looked at kind of looked at Steven as, you know, you're just the human side of myself. There's not much you can bring to the table. We just, I just want to protect you. Just stay out of this. You know, I'm going to take over everything. But then he was like, whoa, like Steven might actually be more than what he initially appeared to be. Right. And now he has his own, I'm just going to say it, his own avatar of Moon Knight for himself now. Right. Mr. Knight. Um, so that's, that's what I took that. It's just that kind of took Mark off guard that, a lot more is going on than what he thought. So he wants to have control now for the moment and he needs he needs to take control at the moment right now, considering he lost the scarab. So he's like, sit down, you'll be fine in there, relax. I'm taking over right now. So I just think yeah, they're kind of building up to them, like working together, you know, as like a team and not, you know. Yeah, they, all, they both bring together. their own like different skill sets to the table. Exactly. I don't really know like what Steven brings to the table that Mark doesn't yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, he looks cooler, I guess, more more suave, <laughs> which doesn't really do anything in combat. But <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure there'll uh, there'll be you know more disparity between their power sets that will actually you know uh, necessitate switching from one to the other. Um, soon but yeah we don't really exactly. know right now right that's gonna be but we also don't really know if moon knight has the super strength it could just be mr knight that has super strength right because that wasn't really shown with moon knight because he never did anything that was that would be called super strength at least in yeah this episode. yeah yeah i mean i saw that i mean he got thrown out around a lot he got hit by a car too so i take it that they both have strength Mr. Knight and Moon Knight. Probably. So, yeah. um, I haven't seen anything that's, you know, clear as day, super strength. Because, I mean... Because uh, they're the same Mr. person. Knight, you have to think they're the well, same yeah. person. But, so. uh, like, I was saying that because of what I was just saying about, like, them having a different power set. Because otherwise, what's the yeah, point switching true. back and forth between them? So that's yeah. the only thing that I noticed that might be different between them. But right, right, right. We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Stephen, like when they were having that whole conversation, Stephen called Mark a parasite, which was ironic. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, yep. it's Mark's body. He still hasn't exactly. come out and told Stephen that yet, probably because that's going to be uh, traumatic <laughs> yeah. to learn that you're just, uh, you know. The second. 
parasite yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. not exactly, but. Um, I mean, Mark could look at him that way. They, they look at each other that way. There's a lot of parallels because, again, they're the same person. Yeah, but so Mark never why... actually calls him a parasite. So I think no, 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 no. I'm saving Steve there. Yes, yes, there. yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that he could look at him like that. Like if he wanted to, like they could look at each other as a problem or they could look at each other like, you know, a solution in a team, you know, that they can be even stronger when they're one, you know, so we'll have to wait and see four more episodes. Yeah. And then uh, Mark uh, ends up having a conversation with Han Chu and we find out that uh, this might have actually been discussed earlier too. I don't remember exactly when, but uh, we do find out that Layla is Hanchu's next target for an avatar. So if Mark ever decides to give it up, he's going to go after Layla. And that was and kind of threatening. Like that was like kind of menacing. And that made me think like, okay, maybe Hanchu is actually kind of like, maybe some, some of what Arthur's saying isn't totally off, right? Right, yeah. So it's a little unclear right now. Who's, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely seems like Arthur's the bad guy, Hanju's sure. the, the good guy, but there's definitely some gray area and mm-hmm. a lot of uncertainty, so we'll have to see where it goes. Um, but yeah, so uh, with that, uh, they go to Egypt at the end of the episode. They're going after the Scarab. They're going to try to beat Arthur uh, to Ahmet's tomb, and then that's it. Yeah. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we had a feeling we were going to see Egypt at some point, whether it was going to be a flashback or it was going to be modern day. So that wasn't a big surprise to me. Um, I'm happy that we're globetrotting and, you know, we uh, we said goodbye to London for now and I'm ready for the show to kind of go into its next phase almost. So it's exciting. So I mentioned, um, you know, the potential spoilers on IMDb and mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering if they deliberately left some people out because like, yeah, there are spoilers about some upcoming characters, but in my opinion, they're not major, not too major. So, I mean, there's still room for uh, some like potentially significant characters that could uh, still be in there that they deliberately haven't added to IMDb yet. So I'm still getting my hopes up. Um, they do that too. So, so yeah, yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, they usually wait until like, you know, the movie premieres or whatever to update IMDb. Um, but you know, they've got some people in there right now that have definitely not been in any of the episodes yet. Um, and you know, they say like the number of the episodes that that person's into, so we can tell how significant the character is. So, um, but yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what's coming either way. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. You know, this is another great episode. Um, you know, like I said, I did like the first episode more, it's just a lot more exciting and, um, confusing in a good way though (laughs) i agree um and i felt like the first episode was like raising lots of questions not really giving any answers and this was kind of the opposite this was answering a lot of questions um not raising too many so like we have a lot more knowledge now going forward there's still some unanswered questions some uncertainty um but we we know a lot more way more (laughs) than we do yeah we're in first episode yeah, we're fully in now after the second episode. The story is is pumping now for sure. So, and they have to. I mean, it's only six episodes. Yep. So you know, it makes sense. If it was like ten episodes, then we probably have no at the third episode, fourth episode for it to really ramp up. And uh, no, we're we're going right into it. 
and uh, I'm in, I'm all in, and I'm ready for what's to come with uh, Konshu and Mark and Steven and Arthur and Amit. I really am enjoying this villain. I, I, I honestly, so far he's, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen yet, but he's a standout for me in the performance and the vibe and, you know, uh, is he good? Is he not good? Yeah, he's good. He's bad. But it's like, it's, it's just great. I, I, the cult cult vibe it's, it's relevant. And, um, it was so funny too. Like, did you see that when, uh, when he, uh, it was right before he summoned the uh, hound and he was like talking to Mark and well, Steven and, uh, and his wife. And like, it was like, someone was like hitting him with like a, like a, like a fan or something. His hair was like, was like blowing back like it was almost like wind was coming through i was like where is that wind coming from I was like it looks great but why they're like blowing wind through his hair right now like it just looked it was so funny but i, I i'm digging it i I'm, I'm all in on uh on what's happening in night so i'm excited for what's to come yeah yeah me too um the thing is though i feel like with what we know and what has happened so far you know it definitely could be wrapped up with like one more episode I feel like, you know, so no, I'm serious. Cause like, no, you're right. The finale would just be need, in Egypt and then just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause they're already where they need to be. So it would just be, you know, a fight between Moon Knight and Arthur. Moon Knight stops Arthur and then Amit wow. never comes to fruition. Like they could end it next episode. So that makes me think that, you know, Amit's definitely going to come to, you know, full power and they're going to have to deal with that. And, you know, maybe somebody else is going to be introduced too. So they have to like add something to keep it going for more episodes you know it's kind of kind of why i said that because like they definitely could there's potential for it to end next episode with everything they've done so far so there's got to be something big that's going to happen to keep it dragging or not dragging to keep it going another yeah, four yeah no, i know what you mean, you know what I mean? or they pull or they pull a walking dead and then they just give us two episodes that are completely in a different time frame completely with different characters and then we just talk about this most that recent season well, the whole they always do that in the seasons. I'm not caught up all the way, but they they'll do that. They'll end on like a little cliffhanger, and then they'll give us like two weeks of of like a completely different story, completely different place, completely different characters, and then we'll the come right back. I saw they did that. I don't remember them doing it in any other season, but yeah, there were like three episodes just going into the origins of like <laughs> two or three different characters that were just like not progressing the story at all, and I was so mad like why did they yeah. why They're did they do it that, that way yeah it yeah that were the down point down points it just messes up the whole pace of it like oh, yeah. one episode okay get it but like two three episodes like oh, like i don't know it's just crazy yeah i mean the better way to do that is just to like mix in little bits and pieces about the origin story as you're sure. going so you don't screw up the pace and you don't upset the fans exactly yeah i know that they're not going to do that but that would just be yeah that would be crazy if they just like hold off for an episode and then we go back to egypt but now i like your idea better of it wrapping in this next episode and then a whole nother they set the stage for something completely not oh, i'm not saying it's gonna extending. wrap up i mean i think well, not, so. not wrap up entirely but 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 wrap up to the point where it can introduce new characters it could push moon knight in a direction towards the rest of the mcu you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, I'm just saying, I don't, between, like, I don't think like, that's going to happen. I think yeah. I'm just saying like the way that it's set up, it could end up, you know, end next episode, but obviously there's four more episodes. There's, so something's yeah, yeah. got to happen. Yeah. Um. So I, I think, you know, uh, Moon Knight or Mark, Steven, whoever is going to fail to stop, uh, to stop Arthur, you know, so we're going to get the full blown resurrection of Ahmed. Um, 
maybe not next episode, maybe the episode after that. And then for the next two or three episodes, they're going to have to deal with Amit. And there might need to be like some other character, uh, some other villain or hero introduced um, just to, you know, keep it going another four episodes. And then maybe a tie-in to the rest of the MCU. <laughs> hey, I'm excited. Yeah. So it's only two episodes in, and it already feels like it's it's getting close to wrapping up. So <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. Because I mean, two episodes into WandaVision, we were finally getting out of like not finally, I enjoyed it, but we were getting out of like the sitcom vibe, <laughs> and it was going into like what was actually happening in the show. Like the show really like started pretty much after two episodes, but this show has been starting since yeah. the first five minutes of the show. It exploded the first episode. Yep. So. Yeah, I mean, that was I'm like gonna... that was sitcom all the way through, wasn't it? Even no, until the I last mean, one? It, it was, but what, what, but they kept it like just sitcom in like the first two episodes, 100% the first episodes here and there, yeah. yeah. And then it pulled back a little bit, and then they they and then it became what was really going on, but then it jumped back into that a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Um, great show, but yeah, so it's it, it's crazy the direction they're taking it for Moon Knight. They're just, they're hitting us with it and they're like, no break, let's go. Let's just, let's give it to you right now. And full let's throttle. just full throttle. Great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the next four weeks. So stay tuned for more. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for joining everybody. We'll uh, head into our outro. Thank you all so much for joining us. We love Marvel so we could do this all day, but for now we're going to call it a wrap. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to drop us a like, rate us, and hit that notification bell, depending on where you found us. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We post regularly, so make sure to give us a follow. Helps the channel out so much. Links for everything are in the channel description. Also, if you've never participated in our polls before, uh, we always look at them to pick topics for our episodes, and we include a poll and a question with every episode that we post, so make sure to check them out on Spotify. Um, and shout outs to our fans in Virginia and Florida. Those are currently our uh, most uh, listened areas, biggest fan areas, I suppose. So thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, and, thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah, hopefully we'll uh, continue to entertain you here. Uh, make sure to join us next time. We're going to be breaking down episode three of Moon Nights. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you all 3000 and we hope you're all staying safe out there. Take care.